here. Hey, y'all, Eric Adcock, this awkward life, sitting down with my, not only my good friend, but my brother-in-law, Jason Davidson, and we're going to talk about, uh, going to talk about a lot of things. We're going to talk about uh, music, art, worship, and again, your favorite conspiracy theory. <laughs> I didn't know I had a favorite, but well, I'm sure we'll, we'll unveil it. I think it. that's going to be a, a, a point in all of my podcasts because yeah. um, everybody's got one. Right, you know? right. A pet. And, uh, well, let me a say pet this. theory. Right. If there was one you had to sell out whole hog to, <laughs> right. what would it what be? What would it be? Right. That's a good one. Um, man, I haven't thought about that. That was the that was one that was a curveball I was going to throw you. Yeah. I know your mind. It's uh, yeah. you got that though. Yeah, um, I would think probably if there was one I had to sell. Hmm, let's see, evidence wise. Right. Evidence. It's definitely not flat Earth. I think right. we I think we've pretty much <laughs> obliterated that one. Right. Uh, yeah. Never never really went in for that one. Yeah. The thing about conspiracy theories is you will if you just spend a couple of hours in any given night right. on YouTube, right. put any of them in a hat, you'll believe any of them. All you have to do is just go down the YouTube rabbit hole for a good three hours. It's kind of like a good three-day fast. It'll just fix everything. A good three hours on YouTube conspiracy theory, and you will actually believe that lettuce causes cancer. I mean, I just whatever, that's how it'll be. Sasquatch grows it all in Montana. (laughs) Exactly right. But you really, there's a lot of... Really, nowadays, you don't really know what to believe on all that. It's, Man, that's the thing. You can't anymore yeah. because, I mean, in my opinion, right. I think the media is so has so convoluted the truth. Right. You used to, it seems to me, that, you know, back when you look and when the news was in black and white, right. when Walter Cronkite was, yep. I'm sure even he had an agenda. Sure. But it seems to me, and I've just thought of that phrase, but when the news was in black and white, it just seemed to be a lot more black and white. Right. And the bottom line is, is that those, those people I feel like had, had a greater good in mind. It didn't really matter what they thought. Yeah. I feel like it. What really mattered was the truth, right. and now all that matters is my truth, right. what I believe, right. and what my opinion is. Right. And uh, that's the way I feel like the media. Man, it's just you. You, you don't know what to believe right. anymore. There's but nothing to believe. For the simple-minded like me, it's a lot of fun because everything's true these days. <laughs> right? Know, yeah, know, exactly. You don't know what to believe, but it is true. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to yeah. kind of to break that in. Uh, as a photographer, uh, someone always told me you take one roll, the first roll of film, you just just throw something out there, you know, you get yeah. warmed up on stuff. So yeah. uh, now that uh, I do want to say, um, uh, man, we've had some great conversations in the past, and we, every time we've gotten through, we're like, man, we should have recorded that. <laughs> right, so right. When I, when I decided, I said, you know what, I need to bring some people on to uh, my uh, young and budding podcast, and yeah. I want to talk to Jason about some things. First of all, uh, not everybody, uh, well, I'm sure everybody that's in my listening audience will know you, you know. Um, you're a phenomenal songwriter. I want to talk about that oh, a little man. later. Uh, uh, teacher, you've done just about everything. Framester, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're a, a, a great uh, actor. You've done some. Uh, I want you to talk a little bit about the book you narrated. That, oh yeah, that yeah. Time, you know yeah. that, that mm-hmm. blows me away. Yeah. Uh, but one thing I do want to say, and I've said this in other forums, just people talking, because I get a lot of. Uh, you're so funny and all this, but it was really you that brought that out in me. Because mm-hmm. when we, when I first got in church, you forced me to do things like skits and things like that. <laughs> right. And I found this inner ignorance in me, you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so 
I've been able to build off that a little bit, and uh, it's really at your at your coaxing you brought that out in me. All right. And so I appreciate that. Well, yeah. Oh, I mean, what is what is comedy? But but really, just being uncomfortable. Right. Well, you that's know? what you made me do. Yeah. Like, hey, we're going to do this, like, bro. I have never done this before. <laughs> you know? So, uh, but you and you did it, and it was okay, right. and and everybody laughed, and and, and we're still doing. We it. feel better. Yeah. yeah Someone exactly. called us iconic the other day. I don't <laughs> okay, know really what to think right. about that, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but you have been a tremendous. Um, teacher for so many people, you know, oh, yeah. and I just want to yeah. I want to thank you for giving oh, to gosh. that. You know, um, I don't really think about it, do I? Just I'm passionate about so many things, man. I just want to things I'm passionate about. I just want to share it with other people. One one of my favorite books is by Austin Kleon, and it's called Still Like an Artist. And he said there's really two two steps to uh, I don't know if he called it success or whatever it was. That doesn't sound right, but Pretty much there's there's two things, I guess, to um, maybe to create art, and that is to wonder at something right. or about something and then invite someone else to wonder about it with you. And that's really, I think that's kind of maybe the sum of my life because I've really, there's a lot of things I've wondered at and not not wondered like, you know, I didn't know what it was, but like just the wonder of it all kind of thing. And when I kind of in my own, I guess maybe trying to find myself, mm-hmm. I just invite people to come along for the ride, right. you know, and uh, so that's that's kind of what it's been, but yeah. You do that really well. Um, I know you've been doing, um, and most people that, that know you uh, probably know you from your singing, and mm-hmm. I know you've been doing yeah. that probably since you were in diapers. I would oh imagine. my goodness, yeah, my you grandmother, know? man, has got recordings of me singing in the bathtub, you know, so yeah, I've been... I always loved singing, man. I loved it since I was just a kid. And your mom child. talks about, you know, she really saw that talent in you, and really it was it was it was Debbie, your mother, that yeah. kind of pushed that out of you. Was there ever a oh, time yeah. that you said, "I don't want to sing"? Never, 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 never kicked against it. Said, I ain't gonna sing. Never, okay. I not man. Every time, I mean, she didn't. She was the one probably trying to get me to tone it down a little bit because once she. I guess once she encouraged me a little bit at a very early age, I don't know how old I was, but I do remember being, we had this, this uh, brick hearth in the house I grew up in and one of these wood burning heaters. And there was this little space of brick that was about a foot or foot and a half tall there where dad would put the firewood when he'd bring it in to put it in the old Ashley heater and heat up the house during the winter. But when that firewood wasn't there, it was this perfect little stage. And I don't know how old I was, man. I can't remember. But I'd get on that stage, and whatever I had, you know, would become a microphone. And I would sing songs that, you know, she and Dad would like. Um, I'd sing old Henson songs. And there was a um, there was a traveling family group that came to our church a lot of times called... Um, um, the Lamar Sego family. Okay. And it was a, a gentleman and his family, brother Lamar Sego. And anyway, they had records and man, we, I would play their records. We had that record player in the living room and I would play their records and I would stand on that hearth. That'd be my little platform. And I would sing and I just, man, I just loved it. I wore those records out and I don't remember when mom first got me up singing in church, but it was, um, I, she would sing, you know, all the time right. and so she'd say well come up and sing with me you know and that that's kind of how it all got yeah. started but yeah you know of course Alyssa sings and Matt sings and, yeah um, you know my older two sing you know, Jackson yes. sings and, and Riley sings and Riley 
kind of has that. Oh yeah. You know, I'm I'm gonna sing and <laughs> yeah. Uh, even at a young age, she's never like backed away. Never from backed that. up. In right. In fact, she's not doing the solo. She's not singing. Right. You know, she's, we have <laughs> yeah. To get that out. But uh, you know, right. there's a uh, a time when uh, me and you had met years before I married That's your right. sister. You know, That's you actually right. were singing at my older brother's wedding. That's the first time I think I ever met right. you, maybe. And yeah. I was in a rock band and I yes. just heard I heard you singing. I'm like, this guy's amazing. I need to get him with me. <laughs> uh, which we were trash. But anyway, you know, you had a lot, even as a young being in it so young, and I know you had to have opportunity, not so much with you know, the pretty thieves or anything, like right, right. whatever. But obviously you probably had some people pulling on you oh, even yeah. at a young age. And you talked about the Hensons and wearing out those rebel records and everything like that, you know. Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Like in high school, I know you probably had opportunities with um, with guys that's just playing music. Everybody had a local band in their high school. Did you how did that how did you work that? It, it was know, it was I really you had to have had that that, yes. That thing. Yes. Um, which I think I always wanted to be true to the church. Right. I always wanted to be true to God. Okay. Um, I always, always had it in me that I was, I just wasn't really ever felt like I was cut out to sing anything other than the gospel, okay. you know? Yeah. And, but now I did, right. I did sing a lot of different things, but it was never, it was never, how do I say this? It, it was never in any kind of platform right. or anything like that. So it never, even as young, it never crossed your mind. Oh, oh no, no, it did. Yeah. I just knew, I just knew there was no way that was going to fly. Right. And so, and that's a great question because pretty much I cut my first record when I was 15 years old. And, um, there was a, um, a songwriter, Leonard Barrier, and he had written a bunch of songs. He's like, man, let's, I'd love for you to sing my songs on a record. Would you, you know, yeah. do this record, do the vocal? And so it became my first solo recording, and it was, it was 10 of Leonard's songs. So I went in the studio, and there was a, um, a group, a local group from Mississippi there recording in the studio with me and are, are in the same studio as I was. And so the producer, his name's Tim Chesney. He's passed away now, passed away a couple of years ago. But he... Um, he said, Jason, these guys need um, a, a singer, a lead singer, and I think you'd be perfect for that. Would you come try out here in the studio with the group? And I was like, man, I'd, I'd love that. Because for me, it's just like what you said. It was an opportunity right. to, to sing with a group, to, to travel, to do that sort of thing that I was really wanted to do, but still stay in the confines of what I knew I wanted to do, you know, perpetually, right. which was which was gospel. I never, there were a lot of, I had a lot of friends in high school who played music. They had country bands, rock bands. Um, I remember I would go over to their houses and stuff and their practice rooms and all that. And we would, we would sing country and we would sing rock and their band would play and I would sing and they're like, so, so what are you doing Saturday night? And I'm like, well, not this, you know, I'm, I'm going to be doing something else. And not, not that anything that they were doing was, was less than or anything like that. I just knew that wasn't the path that I was going to take. And uh, I loved it. I enjoyed it because I just, if you could sum it up in one word, I love to experiment. I love to I love to to take a, a sound of a song or take a song or take music and just experiment with it. And uh, I, I also love to mimic. I love to to take a, a Michael Bolton song and try to sing it like Michael Bolton and then turn around and take a 
you know, a, a Clint Black song and make it sound like Clint Black. And, and I think that's why it took me so long in later years to, to really try to find my voice of who I was because I spent all my younger years trying to mimic others. But anyway, that, that group gave me an opportunity to, to sing and to, to learn a lot of things. And from this that, was gospel group that, that was right. It was just kind of local, kind of a local, uh, I think the name of the group was the believers. Okay. And it was, uh, they were a quartet and they had uh, musicians and singers and, um, it was so funny because growing up in my little country church, man, I had never learned to sing harmony. I didn't know what harmony was. Had no idea what harmony was. And so we're getting there. We're in there in the studio, and I'm rehearsing, practicing, trying out for them. And they're like, "Okay, well, you take this part." And I'm like, "What, what, what are you talking about?" <laughs> so uh, anyway, they said, well, "We'll teach you. We'll teach you. Don't worry." And uh, so I started singing with them. Well, about three or four weeks in, the tenor, who was he was a good tenor singer, but I was really high. Man, I was almost as high as he was as far as in range. <laughs> and he would um, he would want you know like to to take the lead and let me sing a lower part when the song got really high. But instead, I only knew the lead, so I'm singing this really high lead. So he was forced to sing the part above me, yeah. which was you know female soprano range. Right. And uh, so he hated me. Yeah, exactly. About three or four weeks in, he pulled me over. His name's Randy Carroll. I'm, I'm not sure what he's doing now. I hadn't seen him in, man, I hadn't seen him in decades. But he pulled me over and he's like, hey, bud, we, we got to work on this harmony thing, man. And uh, <laughs> I was like, what, what's, what's the deal? You know, and he's like, do you not know how to sing harmony? I'm like, man, I just, I, I don't. He said, well, do you have an artist that you, that you like? I was like, oh, yeah, Clint Black had just come out with his new country record. And uh, I had the cassette, you know, that I had a little cassette deck in my truck or whatever that I'd run around listening to. And uh, I was a little cool in the Lord back then. Uh, I told him the other day that's when, that's when it was okay to listen to a lot of country music and right. still be saved. But uh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, I told him, I said, uh, <laughs> I said uh, yeah, I said, I know the whole record. And he was like, okay, well, don't sing another lead note. When Clint sings... You don't sing what he's singing. You sing the part above him. You sing the part below him. Don't sing another uh, melody note that he's singing. So I had a few questions about that, and he, he kind of showed me what he was talking about. So for weeks, really several weeks, I, I mean, I, which I sang all the time. So that's what I did. I got in there. Clint started singing, and I would... You know, he's singing Killing Time, and I'm over here, Killing Time. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to figure out, you know, these parts. And, but then I remember it just started clicking with me. Yeah. Really, it didn't take long, and, and all of a sudden, I'm just starting to sing harmony. So I guess I was about, I was still, I was still around 15 years old then when that happened. And, uh, man, I, I started loving to sing harmony more than I did, yeah. you know, the lead parts after that. And, uh but I, and I guess I still do. Yeah, so I've noticed it. I noticed like when someone, uh, um, a lot of times you're still up on the platform and somebody will come bring a song and you'll you'll slip in there and sing harm. Seems like you have a good time with that. Oh yeah. And that really that stands up a good, um, a, a good vocalist of somebody in the background doing that for them. You know? Sure, sure. I, I try to treat it like another instrument. Right. I want it to be tasteful. I sure don't want it to overpower what they're doing. I want it to, just like an instrument would, I want it to add to what they're yeah. doing. And I, I, I teach that to our people here in the church. I'm like, there's a big difference in singing background vocal and singing a, a harmony 
apart. So like, like a group, when you've got a group, a trio, a duet, a quartet, whatever, sextet up there, everybody's kind of singing and they've got their own harmony part and it plays its role and that contributes to the whole entire sound. I've always thought of background vocal as being another instrument that just kind of adds to... It's not like I'm trying to stick another be another part in there. I'm trying to actually add to what the what the soloist. Right. They're a soloist, and I'm just trying to gently add yeah. to what they're doing. Yeah. You know, so uh, and sometimes it's it's a trio. Sometimes it's a duet. Um, Anna Anna Adcock sings a song, and and um, a lot of times what we that's a duet. Right. She sings a song, "One More River to Cross," right. and well, I treat that like a duet because it's this. You know, you add this this duet sound. We're kind of singing together. It's the two of us. Uh, my sister and my daughter and I sing a song, Going Home with Jesus by uh, the Magruders. Uh, that's like a trio sound, you know. But then a lot of times uh, Savannah Copeland, our pastor's daughter, will get up and she'll sing, you know, more of a worship, upbeat worship song. Well, I'm not really trying to sing um, a part with her, I'm, I mean, I'm singing a part, but I treat it more. It's kind of in the background. It's just, it's just kind of nuanced back there. And uh, anyway, that's uh that's the difference in all of that to me. So yeah, but I love doing that. Yeah. I love doing all that. We, uh, obviously, um, worship leader, you know, yeah. has really. Um, I would personally looking out, looking from the outside in, <clears throat> it seems like to me. That you, the last couple of years, you have not saying you didn't take it serious to begin with, but it seems like you're just now starting to really walk in that gift. Uh, I heard you talk about that gift um, of of what you have uh, of knowing the perfect song. I know that's something you pray about. I know that's something that yeah. you know, guys give. Uh, 15, 20 years ago, mm -hmm. uh, would it be safe to say that a lot of times, still prayerful, but a lot of times you just maybe just pulled it off without 100% you know like when you get older you realize well I could pick up that 50 gallon tub of oil or I could go get a forklift <laughs> you're right, like right, right. when you're 20 and you're 30 <laughs> yeah. you grab a hold of it and don't worry about it so but I'd like for you to talk about first of all leading a congregation into worship yeah. 20 years ago versus in the last 6 months I've watched you really and mm -hmm. more than that more maybe mm -hmm. a year yeah. Maybe, yeah, but do you feel that like the last one hundred percent? You have really, um, not that you didn't take it serious before, but and it's not really a congregation thing. I'm talking about not the size of the congregation. But mm -hmm. Your steps twenty years ago of leading worship has that changed for you? Absolutely, because which twenty years ago, twenty years ago it was very different. I would I would have been twenty six years old, and just to be completely honest, it was. All about me. Right. I was, I was a, just a, I'm sure, and and I don't remember. I remember me at 26, but I mean, we we tend, I think we tend to, you know, paint the past the way we want it to be colored. But what I when I look back and I think of me at 26 and then me at 36 and me now at 46, there's really really big differences. Right. Me at 26, I wanted, um, I wanted the perfect tone. Uh, I wanted to be able to to sing the perfect song and sing it in such a way that um, I guess the best way to say it is it was really it was just all about me. It was it was all about me. I, I can easily stand here and say that today now because it was it's just the truth. Right. That's the way it was. Um, 
I, I was doing it for the right reasons. Well, let me stop you. So, there. not so much that it was about you, but like I said, maybe maybe it was just about yeah. you. But you know, again, when you're 26 versus 46, you tend to lean on a lot of strength, yeah. physical. Oh yeah. Uh, you could probably stay up three, four days in a row. Mm-hmm. You know, this was. Um, I know with with Pastor Bill in the church, there was a lot of times when he was 30, sure. he did things that he would never do physically. Oh right. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So. And so, not trying to say that you were doing it for the wrong reason. I know your heart's always been there. Yeah. But just the physical cality and the nature of things like that, was that so different? Talk about that. Well, not really, because I feel like, and this is going to, man, this is going to sound, sound terrible, but I feel like I can do just as much now vocally as I did then. Okay. As a matter of fact, I feel like I can do it better because for a couple of reasons. Number one is that it, it's... My, my perspective has changed. When I was a kid, and, and I was 26 years old, I was a very, very late. It, it took me a long time to realize things. And you would have thought at 26 I would have kind of known some things, but I didn't. To me, it was just all about beautiful singing, make it sound good, um, look good doing it. You know, it was just about the singing. It was about the song. It was about the production. It was about getting up and doing it. And while I was doing that for God and for the glory of God, I still got glory from that too because of the the perfection of of which I wanted to pursue it in. So, the reason I, one of the reasons I feel like I can do it better today is not because the, the perfection aspect is not there for me. It's just I've really realized what's important. And whereas back then I was so worried about manufacturing this perfect tone, what I didn't really realize is that what people really wanted was just, just me. Right. They didn't want me to manufacture and have to manufacture some perfect tone. This song didn't have to sound like Michael Bolton, and this song didn't have to sound like Michael English, and this song didn't have to sound like some artist that I was emulating. I was trying so hard to be perfect in what I was doing. So 20 years down the road, I feel like the difference in me is that I've just found the freedom to just sing what I feel like God wants me to sing, yeah. and and that takes away all the burden of it, yeah. and and so what I'm able to do is just minister. And if I'm if my voice is a little scratchy or or whatever, to me that it's like it's like that art canvas that's not quite perfect, but that's part of where the beauty lies. And and so you know when I'm having an off night vocally or whatever, and I still sing and give it my best, I feel like I painted a different canvas that night than I would the night before. And I know all that sounds real lofty and artistic but that's truly the way I feel about it because when I attack a song now and when I get up there and sing I feel like I feel like I'm singing it better than I did when I was 26 I feel like I'm hitting the notes better because there's a freedom of not having to not striving to really be something a that I wasn't and b trying to find this thing of perfection my idea of perfection when I really come to realize that God's idea of perfection is me just giving my best right. and being myself and using the gifts that he gave yeah. me the other thing is this one of the second things is between the difference between now and then is um, I, I have discovered that it's not about me. It's not about that perfection. It's not about all of that. It is, like you said before, the congregation. To me, it's more about when I get up there and I start singing, the purpose is not to 
Um, okay, at the end, I want to have given a perfect performance or a great song rendition or whatever. At the end of it, for me now, at 46 years old, if, if people in that congregation, if people in that audience are stirred, if people in that audience are moved closer toward God, if, if they don't see me and they see him, that's, that's the whole goal now. And so I feel like, um, I really feel like I'm doing it a lot better now. And so because of that, man, I guess, I guess the way to say it is I'm still grabbing that drum and just manhandling it. Yeah. But, but the thing that you talked about, but the thing is, is that, um, but, but the anointing and God and all the other things that come along with it, man, it just, it just makes it easy to lift. It just, I mean, use last several years you've learned to use the anointing instead of your own strength. Absolutely. I'm not leaning on myself, man. And yeah, it's just, I just, it took me, I'm a slow learner. I'm a slow learner. It takes me a long time to figure that stuff out. And, uh, but when I finally do, I'm like, oh yeah, why why haven't I been doing it like like this the whole time? Right, exactly. Uh, But you know, I know, I know now with, uh, with anything, as you get older, you have to kind of pick your spots where 20 years ago you were, if you sang altar call for uh, two hours, which you have. Oh, yeah, many times. Um, you were always <laughs> on the just, I hear the whole time. <laughs> but what's beautiful now is that um, you've learned that yes. you take your spots. That's right. You can still get there. Sure. But still staying up there for 30 minutes, you're up there. You know, you pick That's your right. spots. And I think that comes with age with a That's lot of so things. That's so good, you know, yeah. Whether it's um, singing or athletics or whatever, you've mm-hmm. got to pick your spots. And mm-hmm. I think right now you're really... As the, they say, you're in your sweet spot. Yeah. Um, I know a couple, a year or two ago, Brother Hall, our, our choir director, been here for years, is still here, yeah. but had some hearing issues. And uh, a pastor had come to you about helping with the choir. And yeah. You said, probably you didn't want to do this. This yeah. is not something you wanted to do. That's right. But uh, won't you talk about that, walking into that, okay? Yeah. And then also, since you've done that, You've had just a, it just seems like the Lord has opened so many other doors for you. Absolutely. And I want you to maybe talk about the not wanting to do this to, yeah. okay, I'm doing this. And you have found a new passion. I, I, I hear it in your, when you're doing the choir and things like that. Sure. Uh, talk about that and yeah. how that you feel like the Lord is, because of obedience, hello, uh, you know, doing, <laughs> yeah. doing that. Do you correlate? These new opening, we're going to talk about the songs oh, gosh, and yeah. go in these days. I know you just taught a class up in Memphis at Brother Adams' church and stuff yeah. like that. Talk about being handed or being asked to help with the choir, and yeah. then I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, time. well, um, I mean, we, we, we did a lot of talking about it, you know, and when it when it came up, you know, we were all kind of, I guess, kind of dancing around it a little bit or whatever, and I had, I had people in mind that I kind of wanted it, right. you know, to be or whatever, whatever. And um, so finally, the pastor's like, well, I think, I think you need to do it. I think you do a great job. And I was like, I, I said this the other night. And I said, I, I've never, I never told him no because I'm not going to tell him no. But I did tell him I don't want to. <laughs> I did not want to. And the reason I did not want to is, number one, yes, there's a lot of pressure. Right. There's a lot of stress that goes along with it. Um, it to me, it's, I always felt like, well, if I did that, then I'd be maybe losing something else, you know, of, of the freedom to be able to do, um, other things as far as, um, you know, just singing or just, you know what I'm saying. And so anyway, once, once we talked about it and 
we decided that I was going to try it, you know, or, or do it or whatever. Um, I did attack it like I would anything else. I wanted to give my whole heart to it. I wanted to give everything I had to it. And so we started, and, and so I, I guess I have a, you know, maybe a different take. To me, when I hear songs or whatever, I want I want to sing songs that, that move the congregation, like I said before. I feel like I'm wasting time if I'm just singing something just to be singing it or just... And I know with choir, sometimes you, you do things like that. You do things because it's a good song for a choir to sing. But my mode of operation was always... Well, I want it to be a good song for the choir to sing, but I also want it to fit the flow of the Holy Ghost and to fit right. in what that service is doing. And so that was challenging. Um, and I really think, Eric, I think the biggest thing about all this for me was just finally switching the gears of, of just leading and kind of letting it be what I wanted to do and it being about me to actually mentoring younger people who were coming up behind me. And that's really what the music department and the choir and everything else here, even amongst the musicians, Pastor and I have been talking about, he's been talking about to me for five or six years, uh, or really longer than that, probably, man, I don't know, maybe even a decade uh, before, well, uh, it was after I think we moved into into our, our new church, which had been 2010, 2011. Um, we started talking about mentoring young people, making a way for you know younger people to have an opportunity to do more singing and, and my role in that and helping them. And so all of that culminated in what well, started with the praise team um, and me just pouring into the praise team, you know, teaching techniques, teaching vocal techniques, teaching harmonies and blends and, and all the things that, that create you know good good sound and good singing. And then the choir just kind of became an extension of that. And, of course, I've always loved to teach. I've always loved, you know, Im trying to impart something that, that I felt like I was passionate about. Like I said before, just inviting people to wonder about it with me. And so that's what kind of the choir has become now. And I have found a new passion because I'm seeing their faces light up when they're learning something right. new and I'm trying to impart something into them. And then I see what happens on Sunday morning, man, when the choir is singing and, and you know, people start worshiping and coming out of the choir loft and, and the church uh, is worshiping and responding to the songs. Man, there's just, there's no greater feeling than that to feel like that what you're doing is making a difference, not just in the church service, not just in people who need the Holy Ghost, not just in people from the community that need to see that God's real and he's a healer and he's a deliverer, but even in the people in the choir, you know, who, who have found a new love for singing and a new passion. And so all of that, man, has really, it's, it's really been a wake-up call for me because, yeah, something I did not really want to do has really turned into a real blessing for me. Yeah. And I think that's how God does it. Yeah. I think I think if you're willing, I think he will he'll take those things and yeah. turn them around for your good, you know. I think with the uh, with what you're doing now, honestly, I think you're in your your zone on this yeah. thing. It feels like it to me, uh, too. And I want you to continue to uh, to mentor. Mentorship is, is something that uh, is very important for people. And it's not yeah. just for kids, for other people. I know that um, there's people that uh, um, that look up to to you and have uh, really tried to base their um, not just their singing around you, but the way they go about their uh, 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 even down to mixing their coffee or something like that. So definitely making a difference. But I noticed that 
uh, you've got your calendar kind of full, it seems like. Yeah. The Lord's really opening doors. Like I said, he, I know you taught a, a vocal thing in Memphis, and that was a great mm -hmm. honor up there. And then yeah. I know you're going to, um, I don't know if you want to talk about you going to California uh, yeah. this week to mm -hmm. do some things out yeah, there. Yeah, going out, going out to be with Mark. I met Mark a couple of years ago. Um, um, we were doing one of his songs here, and one of the musicians had texted him and said, you know, you need to hear this guy sing your song because we were singing one of Mark Yandris's songs. And anyway, um, I think I think that was the year I was doing that song at Peak there in Tulsa. And uh, I'm actually Mark came to Peak and and we met there and wound up and went out and recorded the song for him. And uh, we've tried to get together a few times since then. Obviously, COVID shut all that down and some some challenges. But yeah, we've done some uh, some touring together, which has been a lot of fun. And then he's doing a uh, He's doing uh, some live recording out there this week, this weekend. So I'm gonna go out and be a part of that and uh, get to sing a couple of his songs on a on a recording out there. So I'm really excited about that. And um, yeah, just there are there are a lot of there are a lot of doors that are opening up, and uh, it's kind of crazy because, man, I, I as much as I'm gonna enjoy going out and being there, being out there with Mark, I'm gonna miss being here doing what I do. Right. And for me, that is a, a big change because my whole life, it's always been focused on, well, what can I get out and do? Right. And the the shift in me over the last couple of years has been, how, how can I stay home and help right. somebody else? Yeah. And I'm not saying that to be self-serving or, or to pat myself on the back or anything like that. That's just the truth. Yeah. And because it's just, I don't want to, I don't want to miss. Right. I don't want to be away when I... I mean, we've had almost a hundred soul revival in the past several months with people coming in and getting full of the Holy Ghost and everything just blowing up here at the church, Pine Grove, and just changing. And man, we've been, the choir's been a part of that. The praise team's been a part of that. I've been a part of that. Um, nothing against anywhere else. You want to go help there too. Sure. But at the same time, I also know and I've learned the importance of growing where you're planted yeah. and, and blooming where you're planted and, and you know, helping other people sprout yeah. around you yeah. where you've been planted. I mean, I think that's part of the pollination thing that we've been doing around here is that, yeah, sp spread it around a little bit and let other, let other people grow. Let's, let's have some cross pollination yeah. and let's see what else we can make happen here. And so I'm where I'm thankful for those things. It's almost kind of bittersweet. I've heard pastors say for years, God will give you everything that you ever want, but he's only going to give it to you when it doesn't matter anymore yeah. and it's not important to yeah. you. As long as it's important to you and it's what's driving you and it's just such an amazing factor in your life and you can't see anything else but that, man, get ready because you'll probably never attain it or yeah. achieve it. But if it ever fades into the background and you say, well, you know what, God, I'm just going to do what you want me to do. And if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm still going to do what you call me to do. I'm still going to still going to grow right here where I'm planted. Then that's when those things will happen. But the crazy thing is they won't matter right. as much anymore. Yeah. But I'm seeing that come true in my own life. Yeah. I noticed that um, a couple years ago, you uh, and again, you drug me. You drug me to this journey too. It was songwriting. You started. <laughs> yes. you started reaching out and um, actually found a pretty awesome mentor in, in Joel Lindsay. I oh yeah, him, and uh, songwriting, and uh, that started a, a, a pretty long journey as far as with making new friends and things like that. But this year, yeah, you you got you've been writing song after song after song. Yeah, and I know watching over the years that it was at one time important 
You know, oh, yeah. now it's just more of something that you're doing. Yeah. Um, and you were able to to co-write with with uh, Jeff Bumgarner and who was the other? Aaron Stewart. Aaron Stewart. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Y'all co-wrote a song a year or two ago. Yeah, it was in the fall of 2019. And that song has been put on the um, album, the brand new album for. Ernie Haas, Ernie, Ernie Haas. Haas signature sound. Yeah. yeah. So you got your first cut. Oh gosh, yeah, it's crazy. Was, and that was probably, honestly, probably didn't mean as much to you as it, <laughs> as it did. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It was it was pretty crazy, huge, man. I remember, I remember where I was standing when Joel texted me and he just said, "Hey, Jason," <laughs> yeah. and that that was the text, yeah. you know. And I was like, "Hey, Joel," yeah. you know, and he said. uh, can you keep a secret? <laughs> and I knew something was right. major up because if you knew Joel very well, man, that's he loves he loves songs and he loves songwriters, and uh, nothing I don't think thrills him anymore to get to you know contact a singer and say or I'm sorry contact a songwriter and say you you got a cut or you might get a cut or whatever you got a hold. And uh, but he texted me and he said, um, "It looks like it looks like Ernie Haas and the guys are gonna are gonna cut overcome." Right. And um, it's so crazy because just just to tell a little bit about that song and we have man we've written so I've written I don't know how many now it's I don't know how many songs, but this year started seeing some cuts. Um, and uh, BJ Pond she's a, a singer for a Jimmy Swagger she cut one a few weeks ago I'm really excited about that. Um, it looks like that's a song we wrote. Um, I wrote with uh, Val Dacus and Ed Stivers, um, and it's called uh, "Come On In." It's kind of an upbeat worship, and uh, it's a. I like the song. It's it's a. I actually wrote it for me, and then uh, Carolyn Cross, a very dear friend of mine, um, amazing songwriter. She wrote uh, "Champion of Love" and um, uh, "When I Get Carried Away." Just just literally standards in, in gospel. Yeah, she's a wonderful person. But anyway. Uh, that friendship is a, is a whole other story. But um, she had contacted me. She said, do you have any songs that, that uh, the, this artist might like? And I said, you know, I, maybe this one. And so uh, I gave her that one. And, and then another song we wrote, um, looks like it might get, get cut by the Hensons. I'm not 100% sure on that one yet. Just a lot of exciting news yeah. like that coming in. But anyway, uh, overcome there, I got invited by Joel to a retreat a couple of years ago, and songwriter retreat. And you you go there, and I was a newbie, and man, there are oh my goodness, you never you don't know who you're gonna be writing with. You could be writing with another newbie just yeah. like yourself, you know, or me. That's the way I was there, or, or you could be writing with you know Dove winning artists, and just it, it, you just never know who you're gonna be drawn with. It in in all points in between, you know, and so I didn't realize how incredible that family of songwriters was going to become to me through the years but they have they have just become um well it's kind of funny we we say we have our family we have our biological family and then we have the family we choose which is our logical family right. and it's just the people you feel like you you're you should be family with and that's what they've become to me because we all just kind of have the same you know goals and motives dreams aspirations and songwriting Anyway, I was on my way to this retreat, and man, I was completely, I was just really overwhelmed. I was asking myself the question, why am I even going? It was a seven-hour drive on the way there. 
I remember thinking, what am I even doing? I'm leaving all this work behind. I'm leaving all these problems right. behind. I'm leaving all this stuff that I need to be fixing and, and you know, things I needed to have my hands in. And so um, the very first night I got there and I was drawn with, I was drawn with Jeff and, uh, and Aaron. And so when I was, when I was drawn with Jeff and Aaron, I was really excited because they're both, I love them. They're both right. great songwriters. I'd written with Jeff, but I'd never written with Aaron before. And uh, anyway, the next morning we made our way to the chapel, which is where we were supposed to be writing that morning. And Jeff and Aaron were sitting there talking, and I walked in, and I kind of let them finish their conversation. And um, Jeff turned to me and said, so, Jason, what's, man, what's, I haven't talked to you lately. What's been going on? Tell me about your life. Tell me about work. Tell me about your job. Tell me everything. You know, your business. And I said, man, I remember I just kind of sighed, and I said, I said, I am just, I said, I'm just overwhelmed. Yeah. I said, I'm just completely overwhelmed right now. Uh, questioning so many things. And so I went on to tell a little bit about it. And I seen Aaron. He's sitting over there, and Aaron's eyes are just getting big. And he said, man, you're sitting here talking about all this being overwhelmed. He said, and literally above you is written the word overwhelmed. So I turned around, and I looked behind me, and there was this banner for that was up for the, for the concert we were going to have that night, introducing the new songs. Yeah. And... It was the scripture from Psalms, when my heart is, and it was all caps and bolded and underlined, yeah. overwhelmed. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. And that word was right above my head. I was almost leaned up against that banner as I was sitting there talking to these other two guys. And um, anyway, we arrived at, we said, man, we've got to pursue this, you know. Yeah. And so that's where the lines came from. I'm overwhelmed. I'm overrun but soon I'll overcome. Yeah. And uh, we sang it that night, and man, it was, it was crazy. And uh, oh, it, was, it was a moment. And um, I remember Joel telling me, he said, man, I'll never forget the first time hearing it there at the retreat that night. And so he was really excited, you know, when, uh, when Ernie and the guys, Ernie Haas of Signature Sound, um, wanted, to, uh, wanted to record it. And so I actually got to go see them uh, a few nights, about a week, week and a half ago. They were near, and um, within two hours, and I went, made the drive over to hear them, and they found out I was there and, and sang the song uh, in the in the in the concert for me. And uh, man, it was just a it was just a crazy, yeah. just a crazy time. So yeah, it's been it's been been a neat journey. And their interpretation of your song that y'all wrote, yes, was more than met y'all's expectations. Oh my goodness! Oh, absolutely! Oh, they're incredible. And the link will be in the bio that you can everybody needs to run out and download that song. Yeah, and maybe even spam Ernie Haas and them <laughs> to, to release this thing. You <laughs> sure, know? absolutely. You know, so don't threaten them, but just go to the Ernie Haas website. <laughs> right. You know what would, what would be great? Just that that overcome would be great. I <laughs> right. need that. So, oh. Uh, so, yeah, it's been a journey for you, and uh, I'm very proud of what you've got going and what yeah, you've accomplished. God's really opened the doors for you and everything like that. Um, we uh, always get on conversations like this, and yeah. I just want to make let you know how much I appreciate you sitting down with me and sharing that. Bro, what an honor, man. Your heart has really outgrown you. Man. You know what I'm saying? Mm. It, uh, just the way the Lord's used you, and uh, I'm thankful that um, you still have some of that fifteen-year-old in you. That you're, oh yeah, you're gonna stay here, and you've never, you've never wavered in your faith and everything like that. Yeah, you know, and it takes a lot of 
takes a lot of heart to stick with something when you're extremely talented. You know, there's a lot of people that have, um, uh, they use church as a stepping stone. Oh, absolutely. And then they, they were able to, to, to showcase a talent, then yeah. that place wasn't big enough for them. You know, and I believe the Lord has, uh, your heart's just bigger than you are, dude. It really is. And mm. I know the Lord's really continuing to use you. And I hope he opens the door for more songwriting. And I know he will. Absolutely. I know you're going to get more cuts. And eventually you'll be, uh, eventually they'll have the Dove Awards on a Sunday and you won't be able to go because you'll be here. Yeah. And that'll be an issue because <laughs> Debbie ain't going to let you miss for that. But, uh, man, I, I'm thankful for you, man. I oh, really gosh. am. I'd love, I'd love to sit here and say that, that that kind of stuff hasn't pulled on me, bro, but it has. Yeah. Oh, there's been a lot of times it has. And, um, but I don't know if it's just, um, I don't know if it's a praying mom. I don't know if it's a praying family. I don't know if it's a praying church. I don't know if it's just God that keeps pulling me and drawing me and letting me know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. But man, so many opportunities to go and do other things. And it seems like even when I want to go do them and I start to go do them, it's like something always stops me. And, um, I'm so thankful for that. I really am because when I realize it and, and look at it on the other side, I realize, man, I would have missed yeah. some of the greatest opportunities sure. just just right here with my with my crew, with mm-hmm. my people, with my own family and, and with my own church family and, and everything. Um, I can't even begin to tell you how how blessed and how thankful I am. You know, talking about Jeff Bumgarner, he was he was one of the ones that I talked to three or four years ago, might have been five years ago now. Because I was feeling a lot of tug, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of, a lot of, uh, you know, to get out and do this and get out and do that and do all this stuff. And I remember sitting down with Jeff and Jeff, oh man, he was just a songwriting success story. And so I wanted to talk to him and, and I said, Jeff, man, what, tell me, tell me about some of your, you know, what are you doing, you know, and just how'd you get to where you're at? He said, you know what, Jason? He said, the crazy thing is, he said, I was... I kept trying to to get outside my circle to try to find um, the songs or the stories or the people to write with, all these things. And he said, you know what the crazy thing is? He said, all the people that I needed to write with, all the people that I needed to collaborate with, and and I I know he got out and did other things too, but he said, it's amazing. They were all right there in my local church. And he said, I started telling the stories of my local church, and I started writing the stories of my local church and um they put it on a, on a record and they're they're actually their church choir did a record and uh, put those songs on that record and it won a dove that year yeah and so he's he's got a dove award you know sitting on his shelf that is a testimony right to the fact that you don't have to run out and pursue things other places it, it's it's this it's literally the story of the of the guy who was acres of diamonds you know that the guy who who you know had a, had the piece of property, but didn't feel like there was anything there, so he searched the world for yeah. diamonds and came back home, and that that's where the diamond mine was the whole time. Yeah. And uh, man, I have lived that. I have seen that because Jeff really got me thinking, and I started looking around, and I started seeing, man, why would I want to pursue other things in other places when God's given me everything that I need and more right here. So if I get to go out and do some things, that's wonderful. That's just the icing on the cake. But that is not the cake. That's not the goal. Right. That's not the end, end result of it all. So anyway, yeah, I would be a, I'd be a liar to sit here and say that I hadn't been pulled by some of that stuff. Right. But bottom line is, man, it's, uh, 
it's definitely, it's it's definitely this is where I need to be, and I know that. I know that. Uh, there's just so much that could be, um, honestly, that could be said about it, um, and I guess in everything with that's happening, it's just just that old song, you know, just give up. Yeah. You know, and let the you know because you can't fight against the Lord. Oh no. And, you know, you Mm-mm. ever seen a kid? Nope. Take that square peg and try to beat it. And try to beat it, you know, a round hole. You know, Absolutely. You know, they'll get it in there, but you they're going to mangle it. It's going to mangle it. Yeah. And that whole that whole tabletop's running. Yeah. It's you know? Never going to be the same. And I've seen so many people do that. You know, yeah. uh, very talented people, uh, and some not so talented people that just go out and throw it away. You know. So um, I think I think it's a good thing that. Thankful able man to find that balance, man. Um, I'm trying to. You're surrounded by great musicians. Here, oh my gosh, you know, some of the best yeah, in the world, and bro. Some of them don't know that their jobs are in danger because the <laughs> kids that the kids y'all are grooming to right. come up. That's right. Uh, a lot of them is going to be sitting out there just clapping. <laughs> There's a lot of the, the right. young musicians are, are phenomenal. <sighs> They're doing a great job. And, uh, I feel like that the uh, the old heads are going to have to put them in the place. <laughs> yeah. Something's going to have to happen. You know? We're going to have to find a way for us to just, you know. Well, what needs to happen is one night all y'all, uh, Chancey and Jeffrey and Tommy, y'all need to have yeah. a big jam up there, like That's a right. three-hour altar call and just let them <laughs> sit out there because they don't know nothing about that. I see no. some of the young kids there. They're looking for places to prop and stuff like yeah. that. So, but y'all have been toward them very good, and uh, it's, oh, it's a testimony. It's like what you were talking about earlier. It's yeah. kind of that mentorship role. So but proud still of them. able to uh, to sail in your own thing. Yep, so. they're doing incredible. Bro, I appreciate the time and talking. Oh, it's to been you. awesome, man. Uh, Thank you. I want to. Uh, I feel to like I've just talked about myself, but I, well, I appreciate what this it. About you yeah. know, uh, I really want to sit down and talk to people about their passions and voice. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say that's, that word's overused, and I'm pretty sure it is these days. Yeah. But uh, I'm in the choir, and I see your passion you're talking mm-hmm. about, and uh, it's really just bleeding over on people, and they're getting yeah. more confident in yeah. their singing. Yeah, that's what it's about. Uh, and that's becoming more expressive, and uh, during service, the choir is really doing good. But outside yeah. of that, you're really making a – you know, I, I'm always I'm always type of person like, what are you doing outside these walls? Yeah. Anybody can survive inside here, but what are you doing outside? Sure. And I know from talking to people that's outside of this church, what they say about Jason is, one, he's got a great spirit. Mm. And I believe your spirit goes before, you know, you're the spirit of the Lord, obviously, but you have yeah. a way of, of, of um, that going before you. And I believe the Lord's done that for you because you just seem to capture people. Uh, like you just mentioned, Joe Lindsay, of, uh, Jeff Bumgarner, Carolyn Cross, Mark Yandris, uh, people just reaching out to you now, and I believe that's just—I uh, believe that's the Lord just in y'all, just thank God, y'all, yeah, the Lord and y'all, Jesus, Jason, and the Lord, y'all. Uh, but seriously, teaming up and really uh, yeah. showing you uh, what you're capable of doing, and I'm real proud of you. Man, thank you. It means thank the you. world to me. I want to get real political on the end of this because man, we've gone yeah. an hour. So have we could, really? Yeah, if I could, wow. if I could just. Throw one political thing out there. Yeah. This may, and it may be, you know, Batman or Superman. Who's the better <laughs> one here, you know? You know, which one are we going with here, you know? Wow. You know, that's that's a good, right. that's a really, that's a tough question. We started with the, with the, uh, the, the, so, folk le- the urban legends and, or, 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 or like that. But, you know, I know you're kind of a, a comic book guy, but not a big one. But 
Yeah, Which it, one are we get taken in a pinch here? In a pinch. Well, we see, and that's the whole thing because when you really talk about it, right off the bat, I would say Superman. Right. But, 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 the, the problem with that is that Batman doesn't have any superpowers. Right. You know, he's relying on his belt, his right. gadget, his car, his brain, yeah. you know, everything, his physique, his brawn, what he's learned and all that. Superman, he just woke up, right. you know, on earth and he's been bestowed with all these great powers. Right. It, it really wasn't anything he worked for. Right. He just was in the right place at the right he time. The sun, yeah, it's you know? kind of, yeah. you know, I'm sitting here actually yeah. typing it what I've always told the right. kids. I mean, exactly. when there's not, when you don't put the work in, right. is it really worth anything to you? Yeah. So sure. Sure. He could actually, can Batman turn the earth on the rotation of its axis? Maybe if he built a big enough, right. you know, yeah. contraption or something, maybe. But just with his, you know, no, he couldn't. You know, can he shoot laser beams out of his eyes? No. Can he, you know, blow and freeze the ocean or whatever, you know, everything Superman can do. But the bottom line is Superman can do all those things, but Superman hadn't really put the work in. Right. And when it really, when you really come right down to it, one element reduces Superman to just a normal guy. Right. And when he is that normal guy, what does he have to offer? Yeah. There's nothing that he's put in. Right. There's nothing that he's done to cultivate his own strength. Yeah. He just is what he is. It's really it's the epitome of a talented person who doesn't give. Man, I'm just getting all preachy now. Yeah, but, you know, that's the thing. I'm just sitting here thinking about it when you ask me that question. Because Batman, what's going to take him? What's what's going to take, you know, if he's got a super-powered yeah. bat suit or whatever, you know, well, that's something he created. So, yes, in, in, a, in a fight, yes, yeah, Superman's going to take Batman. But if Batman's just got a little bit of kryptonite. Right. Yeah, is it. Batman's going to win. Right. It's and so what is, super, what is, you know, yes, it's Superman's kryptonite, but that would, I guess that'd be the question to ask of people, what's your kryptonite? Oh, man. You know? Yeah. What, what is the thing that renders you helpless and useless? Have you put the work in? Is there something that can render you helpless right. and useless? So, man, you got me thinking now. So It was deeper than what we It was deeper than what, yeah, all of a sudden my brain just went, you've got me all reflective and thinking about stuff. And so now I'm, I'm actually making a sermon out of right. Batman and Superman. But that's the truth, man, yeah, when you stop and think about it. Truth. I know a lot of people... Who and I was one of these people who would just just rode their talent and just right. do what you did. But you know what? There comes a time when you've got to you got to step out and do stuff on your own. And uh, so yeah, I don't know. I'm I mean obviously you would say Superman because of the super strength and superpower. But if one if the kryptonite gets involved, oh, yeah. then all every, all the rules are off. Got no backup plan. Yeah, and and we've all got that kryptonite in our lives. We've all got some kryptonite. So. You better have a plan for dealing with it. Right. So if he does, I guess maybe I'd still say maybe Superman, but uh, just really depends Unless on what your kryptonite is. In space, Right? Yeah, exactly. No or if or if Batman just you know says, on the off chance, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Superman and I ever fall out, and we'll keep right. this kryptonite in my right. pocket. Kryptonite right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Bro, I appreciate. It. Listen, y'all go and. Uh, 
He's Jason's got uh, <laughs> two albums on on uh, you can download yeah. on Apple yeah. Music. Yeah, yeah. Uh, check him out, Jason Davidson Music on Facebook, Jason Davidson Music on Instagram, mm-hmm. and on that. Yeah, and then spam Ernie Haas <laughs> to release Overcome because that's yeah. a great song. We'd love to see that. Man, yeah. Um, I think the world needs to hear that. That's a great song. Well, I hope everybody likes the song, and and I guess I need, man, I need to put it up. Um, on my my website's jasondavidson.net. Yeah. And it needs updating. i got to get on there and do some updating on that. So I'll try to put some more of the songwriting stuff up on there. But, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, follow me all those places. And uh, reach out. And we'll, we're going to see where the, where the journey takes us from You're here. You're available. And just in, just in case, you know, someone is wanting you to come do some vocal training or something. Oh, absolutely. It was so much fun this weekend. I, I got together with some old friends, and, and they had me come, uh, come do a seminar for their um, – their front line and some of their choir and all that, and I just I taught uh, vocal placement and uh, just a whole lot of a whole lot of just just there it was about about two and a half three hours of just singing and and things I'm passionate about things I've learned through the years um, some of it I've picked up other things that I've been taught and uh, man I I feel like um, I feel like it was it was very beneficial. And so, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely open for, for that sort of thing, for sure. JasonDavison.net, mm-hmm. Facebook, yeah. and Instagram, and I'll be posting uh, links to all that on uh, my account. Also, probably use some of the Overcome music for some background stuff sure. on IG. Make sure you get out there and listen to stuff. Jason, I appreciate it, bro. Man, thanks you, man. for having me, bro. Man, I, I appreciate it. it. You know I love you. I know.